What's going on, everyone? On this upcoming episode of Society Rewired, we dive into mullets, sports analogies, and the impact of losing a father at an early age has on mental wellness and development of individuals impacted. But before we dive into the episode, we want to thank our sponsors, Rocky Hayes Design. If you're looking for graphic design, website development, or business development resources, make sure to give them a call or check them out online at rockyhays.com. Rayfeld's Art and Framing, located in downtown Sioux Falls, South Dakota, one of the premier art galleries in the Midwest. Make sure to stop in and check out their new location on Phillips near the falls or online at rayfeldsonline.com. Our other partner, Audio Visual Integrations, has all your latest technologies to meet your commercial audio video needs. Check them out online at foss-avi.com. And of course, Laura Hayes Communications. Laura is a fantastic resource. If you're looking for professional development with live online workshops, speaking engagements, and consulting, you can't go wrong with Laura Hayes Communication. If you're interested, check out her website at laurahayes.com. And of course, last but not least, our affiliate organization uh, without we wouldn't be here at all, Survivors Joining for Hope. Survivors Joining for Hope helps every families in South Dakota that have been impacted by suicide loss. They're here to help you financially get through the challenges that can be associated to losing someone by suicide. Check them out at sj4h.org. Now let's get rolling with Society Rewired. Welcome to Society Rewired. I am Brad Hurst, your host. With me, your co-host, the beautiful Jerry Cook. Why, why do I always laugh when you do that? I don't know. I do just laugh. <laughs> I try to something different every time. It's yeah. like when I send. Maybe, maybe it's the anticipation. It could be. You just don't like, know what I'm going to say what at the very beginning. Say? I don't know. It's, every time it's going to be different. I don't know what I'm going to say until I start talking. It's, it's a terrible approach, but that's just what we do. Well, it works. But today, a very special episode with me, one of my best friends, the hairy, the beautiful, curly-haired, big beard, Rocky Hayes. Welcome, <laughs> sir. Thank you, fellas. It's Welcome. good to be here. Yeah, it's great to see you. Great to see you. Absolutely. We've been talking about his hair. You're growing your hair out a yeah. little bit. It looks awesome. It's the uh, hashtag COVID hair don't care. Yeah. <laughs> COVID hair don't care. Well, you have good COVID hair if yeah. you don't care about it because at least it's grown. You know, you like got the rock star thing going on. I like it. I yeah, like it. thank you. I, uh, I, the, I have curly hair, naturally curly hair. And um, I, the longest I ever let it grow, I moved to Las Vegas for like two and a half years. And uh, I hadn't cut my hair for three years. Oh, wow. And so this mane literally was the cowardly lion. Burt Lair's Cowardly Line. <laughs> if I got out of the shower, didn't quickly put it in the ponytail, I was quickly curly, and it was That's it was pretty awesome. crazy. Yeah. And That's I should great. clarify, I said Harry because last time I saw you was almost a year ago, face-to-face at least. We've seen each other virtually, but your hair is, like you said, mentions, it's golden curls. So yeah. it's, it's, it's when beautiful. I saw you, it was the first thing I it's noticed beautiful. when I walked in the door. I was like, holy smokes, Rocky has luscious locks. I think the important question, or, is it? Are you going to grow it out and then mulletize it all? Is that Mulleti- like, well, yeah, with the, with the ponytail? Should yeah, we that's a new, that that's a new, that's a new I feel word. Like we I should just take ownership of that. That's going to be in the dictionary in 2021. I, uh, you know, um, <laughs> the mulletization. I'm still kind of in a traumatic state from mullets because I had a mullet. You did growing up in high school, but we didn't call them mullets. I mean, this is back in the early 90s. 
And everyone had mullets. You look back, right. Jerry Seinfeld. I mean, everyone that was famous had mullets back. I had Garth a fro Brooks, everyone because yeah. it was super kinky fro mullet. In fact, one of my nephews just pointed that out that this when we were together for the holidays. He's like, what is that? And I was like, well, <laughs> it's a frolic. I it's guess. A frolic? Okay. So anyway, sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but I just no, I, no. I, so I I've rocked the so mullet. Yeah, I've rocked the chicks get dig the curls. I mean, my wife can attest to that. Uh, but there's a limit to which she will, you know, uh, 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 allow the curliness. But I showed her one example that I was looking at, and she's like. Okay, I'm okay with that. I'm okay mm, with that. All right. So we'll see. Uh, it's furry. It's hot. I just remember when I had that long hair, sleeping was annoying. I mean, you you really realize what most you know women have long hair, and you have to put it kind of put it up, and it's your neck is hot and whatever. It was very interesting. So uh, I I honestly almost on a nightly basis I swear I have a dream, still having that long hair. Really? Yeah. Is it a dream? A or piece a of me is missing, and it's clearly a nightmare. If that's what you're saying, I guess. I guess mm. it must be. Society Rewired, the show where we discuss mental wellness, open and honestly and candidly, on top of the discussion around mullets. I mean, I tell you what, <laughs> we are a multiverse show. You don't know what you're going to get. Jerry might talk sports. We talk mullets. I forgot to do a sports thing. Yeah, you should probably build that how, in at some how, point. How in this can we have Rocky's beautiful red curly mane of hair? Tie into sports and society. Well, it's tying into society. We're gonna, we'll find it somewhere. All right, we'll figure. We'll figure it out. It'll. It'll come to me. We'll <laughs> mulletize it into sports at some point. Well, we started with mullets, but this. Is, I mean, we're going to talk about something pretty serious today, aren't we? We are. Yeah. We are. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a topic that you and and Rocky can kind of relate on pretty heavily. But it's, you know, we talk about mental wellness and the challenges. And in a prior episode, we talked about you know having a mentor, and before that, we even talked about. The importance is having the right people around you and having those conversations to support you. And, and you guys both actually lost a dad at an early age, which I think is very impactful in society. We don't, you know, men don't talk very often and openly about kind of their feelings and their emotions. And I think we're going to dive into something pretty special here today, if I'm being completely honest with you guys. Yeah, I think uh, I think so, too. I mean, you know, I know a little bit of Rocky's background. I don't we've never like literally never, as far as I remember, ever talked specifically. And we've maybe just sort of hinted around or talked, you know, sort of in, in little details, but but never really delved into it too much. So I don't I don't know necessarily the full background and you know i mean obviously i know my history and we're this is what we're here to share for yeah. so i mean it was well, once you guys kind of start off by just kind of i mean i because i know both of you so i kind of know each one of your story but i mean yeah. i think it'd be beneficial just to kind of set a baseline of, of kind of where you guys were at kind of the ages and and kind of just just a general start starting point is just share your story just a little bit so rocky i guess do you want to kind of kick things off for us a little bit yeah um so my father mark um, passed away, uh, 1986 and, uh, I was uh, age 10, uh, at that time. So my father, um, is someone that, you know, if, if you ask, if you could go back in time or not even go back in time, but bring someone back and talk to them and have dinner with them or whatever that analogy is, I, I've found that I would talk to my father because he started getting sick. Um, when I was seven years old. So really from seven, even though he died when I was 10, at seven years old, I, I lost my father uh, because mm -hmm. he was sick and he was not able to really um, just be there as a dad. Um, he, uh, he had diabetes that was um, unchecked. Um, he grew up uh, West River, South Dakota, uh, near Draper. 
and lived and died on this cattle ranch. Um, and so typical cowboy, uh, cowboy hat, cowboy boots. Uh, he was, he was the real deal. And, uh, he never went to the doctor, you know, that was his philosophy. So as a result, um, by the time he was diagnosed with diabetes, it was basically like cancer. It was throughout his whole body and it was really, uh, it, it was really taking a toll and so it was on, you know, like, like I said, he wasn't taking medication or insulin or whatever. So by the time he started to take care of it, it was really, you know, at this point, um, he was, uh, well, I was born when he was 50. So wow. the interesting thing about my mother and father is that my dad grew up in the cattle ranch and my mom, the, it was so interesting. I mean, this is back in the sixties when they met. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know how the story goes. That's another reason why I wish I could sit down with my father. But I, my guess is that he must have put an ad in the newspaper. <laughs> and he was looking for basically a health care worker for his mom, my grandmother. And long story short, my mom found it and uh, must have came out and it must have been love at first sight. Because That's um, awesome. <laughs> within three months of meeting my mom, they were married. Holy smokes. Incredible. Now, this was 19, I think, 68, roughly. Um, my mom was 20 years younger than oh, my wow. dad. Yeah. Holy so, smokes. So uh, he uh, got a beautiful young trophy wife, you know, and <laughs> uh, good for my old man for that. <laughs> That's uh, great. But the, the thing was, so my mom was there with my sister and, uh, and taking care of his mom. And uh, whatever, at some point of view, uh, she eventually passes away. So my mom enters this ranch in the middle of nowhere. Uh, we uh, we had like a f- over 4,000 acre cattle ranch. So we're in the middle of western South Dakota, seemingly for most people out in the middle of nowhere. Sure. Uh, and if you're not accustomed to prairie life in uh, around Draper... It's like Mars, especially people that come from the city or full of trees. They come Mars out with there. snakes. <laughs> yeah, Mars with rattlesnakes. Rattlesnakes, yeah. Say, it's pretty synonymous you. with Australia yeah. in, in a lot of ways. It really is. And uh, so uh, y- y- you realize the solitude of it, but it's beautiful. It's great, um, but there's a solitude to it. So my mom is sure. there, and then my dad started getting sick, um, and so he just basically succumbed to that. And so... Um, I have very little memories of my dad, um, which, which you do as a young kid anyway. Um, but, um, you know, he loved boxing, which is why I have my name. Uh, it's not from the movie, nice. uh, with Sylvester Stallone. My name, my namesake is actually Rocky Marciano, the only yeah. undefeated heavyweight champion of the world. And, uh, so he named me that and, uh, and he loved, you know, rodeoing and boxing and wrestling. He loved all that kind of stuff. Uh, so he's your typical kind of man's man, but he worked a lot in the cattle ranch. Sure. So he was always outside working when I'm growing up. So I grew up with my mom and she was a great person. Um, but he started getting sick and unfortunately, um, you know, my mother couldn't, uh, personally or physically deal with some of the things that my dad was enduring. In other words, just, you know, things that when you get really, really sick, uh, mm-hmm. he was still at home. And, uh, so at a seven year old child is dealing with stuff with your parent 
that most of my peers still haven't dealt with. No. That they won't deal with until they're, they themselves are 50 or 60 years old or older. Right. So here I am at seven in the middle of nowhere with a mother that that loves him and loves me, but just personally can't handle some of the things my dad was going through. And my sister, uh, Sherry, who is 10 years older than I am, actually graduated high school at 17. So here I am, seven, 10 years younger. Sherry's already in college. I'm alone. Yeah. And uh, dealing with that sort of thing. So so when you see your father on the floor unconscious from a diabetic coma <clears throat> or dealing with things in the bathroom because he couldn't, we, we quickly, I guess, discovered again, I was a young child, that we put him in a subacute center in Pierre, South Dakota, the state capital of South Dakota. And so that he was about 45 minutes away. And so he no longer lived at the house. And so I want to say maybe two or three days of the week during school, I would get picked up from my mom and we'd go to Pierre uh, and see my, see my dad. And it was just a very strange upbringing, you know. Not only is your dad sick and dying, but you're not able to play with your friends. I mean, first of all, I'm out in that right. ranch in the middle of nowhere where you just don't get to have play dates, jump on a bicycle and see your friends. So you got really used to that solitude and having to have an imagination and be able to deal with um, isolation. Right. And then you're going through things that my, like I said earlier, my peers still don't understand. I mean, I grew mm -hmm. up with no grandparents and my parent, my dad was, like I said, he was 50 when he had me. So he's much older. So there's no relatability there. And there's a lot to say for that. I think when you're growing up and you have friends that just can't relate um, they don't get it. And I assume Jerry, that's kind of the same thing with your father that when that sure. occurred, you're dealing with something that most of your friends never would have got, never would understand. And right. so, uh, I would imagine you and I both felt very alone dealing with those feelings and dealing with those repercussions. And so it's always been something that, um, you know, my wife, Laura is, uh, in mentoring and leadership and the power of what people say or do or don't say or don't do. Right. Or the yeah. things that impact you are indelible and they will after your last your lifetime. And you don't know what it is that's going to pinpoint and, and put those dents and right. scratches in the armor that right. you have to live with for the rest of your life. Yeah. And that's one of the things like, you know, I, I think that I, I, my perspective on losing my dad when I was young is sort of twofold. One is the tragedy of it. And the fact that you are a child and you don't, it, it's hard enough for an adult. It's hard enough for an adult to go through a, a death of a, of a friend, a spouse, a family member, whatever. It's harder when it's a traumatic event or a sudden event that's not planned. So from a kid's, in my perspective, for a kid, like you're, you don't understand yourself, let alone how to deal with that as an adult. You know, we're, we were just, you know, talking with, with Laura about mentorship and even as adults and Brad was talking and I've, you know, and, and we've talked a little bit, like I would love to have a mentor for myself as an adult. You know, I'm a 48-year-old dude who's been around the block many times. Like I still want mm -hmm. a mentor. So as a kid trying to deal with that, not even knowing your own brain very well, and it's a challenge for adults, like that's that's the huge negative side of it. On the other side, and this might sound kind of a little screwed up, but like the fact that losing my, I, I lost my dad, it was probably a couple weeks before my fifth birthday. So the luxury of that, if you want to call it a luxury, is that I was able to 
to deal with it in little chunks at a time as I was mature enough and able to do it. So as an adult or even, you know, I've had friends that were teenagers when they've lost their parents and you just throw this pile of shit on them and just boom. I mean, you get hit by a truck, right? So when my dad died when I was five or two, a couple weeks before my fifth birthday, I understood that he was gone, but I felt like he had just left for work. He was coming back because I didn't understand that permanence. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And I always talk about this permanence. Like if I talk about losing my dad publicly or whatever, that permanence set in over time as I understood it. So, you know, you go back and contrast and rather than having this huge truck hit you initially and sort of taper off and deal with it through your life, you're sort of doing the inverse of that. You're It's hitting you on a smaller level and then gets bigger throughout life and then hopefully tapers off. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing. So I think like anytime you lose, you have sort of this hierarchy of who you're supposed to lose in your life. It's always the, you know, I had the luxury of growing up with great grandparents, multiple sets of great grandparents, and then multiple sets of grand or I meant multiple, two sets of grandparents that I still have a grandfather who's alive, 94 years old, amazing, amazing mm, dude. It's, it's awesome. You know, so, but you expect that in your life. It doesn't mean that it's not bad or not traumatic or not hard to go through, but you expect to lose your grandparents and you expect to lose your parents and you expect to lose your siblings and your friends and then your kids. So anytime that order gets out of whack mm-hmm. or it happens way too early in life, like it's a traumatic thing to deal with. Absolutely. So anyway, it's an interesting, it's interesting to hear you speak about that because even the difference of 10 years old versus five years old, you think in the development of a child, completely different ends of the spectrum. And so like for your sister too, you know, being 17, cause she would have been 17 at the time. Right. Right. She, It'd be interesting. Like, you know, what her perspective of that is too, cause I'm sure it's different than yours. Right. You had so much more development to go through. She did too, but she's also, you know, 15 steps ahead or whatever. Ahead, yeah. yeah. You know, so mm-hmm. it's, that's an interesting, interesting thing of perspective for sure. Yeah. I would say, uh, probably from her perspective, especially, you know, again, we've never really talked about it because it's, it's painful and, and, uh, you don't find an, op- an opportunity to say, okay, let's talk about that painful yeah. time in our life. Yeah. But you know, she, I suppose in many ways was a quasi parent or at least helped do things around the house at the very least. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, when you're a young kid, what do you do? And Sherry, then she was 17. She's in co- or high school. She's a senior. Right. And she's having fun and studying for school and doing that sort of thing. And so she had that escape, you know. Um, but my mom, uh, you know, after and then and then the aftermath of of your, your your dad being gone. And again, dealing with not only your dad and that whole situation, but now I have a mother that's in mourning out in the middle of nowhere who really preferred that isolation. Uh, from her own upbringing. So she was kind of in that situation where she was, I think, most comfortable. But then I became the man of the house at seven instantly when he was sick and then he's out of the house. So all the husband like duties fell on me. Yeah. And that role never changed. As soon as um, dad was gone, then it was mom. So I have my mom who's bawling. She's crying herself to sleep every night. She's traumatized. Um, The financial uh, impact of taking care of my father also was then on top of her shoulders mm-hmm. and uh, she had to help manage a you know a ranch and I then felt 
compelled to want to be a hired man and help out with the ranch. But I was able to do a few things here and there, you know, mm-hmm. help um, hay, uh, cut hay or bale hay or uh, help with cattle uh, here and there. But most of the people in the area didn't want to put me at risk because their kids have been growing up and learning that stuff and they didn't really want to take the time to teach me. So I didn't really have that opportunity to say, hey, maybe I could take over the ranch and, and be like my father. I didn't have that chance. Yeah. So thankfully, I had some God-given gifts of creativity, whether it was music or art right. um, and things like that that had interested me. And I got into sports and stuff like that to a degree. So that helped, but I always felt I had that absolutely required duty of taking care of my mom and being there. So I, you know, always had to mow the lawn and stuff like that and the garbage and anything that was husband like I had to do around the yeah. house. But and and that continued. So then I go to college. So once again, it's different from my peers because I had to go home about every weekend and take care of things or my right. mom dismissed me. And of course, this is in the early 90s, mid 90s. We don't have the technology we have today. Right. Of anything and the internet didn't exist for goodness sake uh at that point let alone yeah (laughs) you are old right we had rotary phones and (laughs) you kids you'll understand someday (laughs) but so you don't have the conveniences that we have now not even email and um so up until her dying day i lost my mom then from cancer when i was 31 and every day we talked yeah. So I'm so thankful that we had a strong relationship. I'm so glad you still do with your mother. Yeah. Have that strong relationship because there's something that people, when you lose your parent and you have to be prepared for this, um, it leaves a hole in your life that is never filled. Right. And it's not, uh, y- you have to understand that because whether you're, you have kids or a spouse or whatever else you have in your life, you as a parent, that is just something that never gets filled. Uh, you might be able to fill the, 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 the cup around it, I guess, but, but you're never going to fill it. And, and mm-hmm. now that, you know, at 31, I'm an orphan, uh, you are the next, you're, you're it. There's no other you're one above it, right. you. My grandparents are gone. My parents are gone. And so I found, uh, especially when my mom passed away, a uh, profound need of having a wife because I didn't have a, a, anyone in my, 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 my mm-hmm. life at the time and talk about feeling alone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. that profoundness of like, Oh my God, this is, this is bad. And, uh, thankfully I waited until I met the love of my life, Laura, who absolutely changed my life and has given me a whole new perspective. And truly for the first time in my life, through all the shit I dealt with, um, for the first time in my life, guys, I can honestly say I'm happy. And that never happened until I met my wife, Laura. Um, I had, you know, instances, seconds of being happy. Like after I yeah. sang and got a standing ovation or whatever it was, that that was great. And then it depleted quickly because the, the reality would rush back in. Those are always, it's, that's a critical point, I think, because I've, I've, I've kind of struggled with some of that stuff in my life too, where those things are super cool. But they're sort of like flashes in the pan. They're they're little instant gratification happiness. Mm-hmm. But there's a there's a different level of like this deep, deep connection with someone and this sort of like consistent happiness level. Even if you have bad days or whatever, but there's there's always that deeper level. So that's super cool, man, that you that you guys found each other, that you have each other. And uh I, I get that. 
I understand too that that sort of the the uh, you know grandparents being gone, the parents being gone, because every single time you take that hit, you start to think down that road of of your own legacy and your own life and how that's going to impact and like what happens to you when you're gone and all this stuff. So that's uh, it's interesting just to like, like I said, we've never really sat down and talked about it. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the other points you make is, is the trauma of it, which is, it's, it's this sort of like weird um, uh, push and pull thing. Like on one hand, as you know, if you read books, talk to people, whatever, it's always like, talk it out, you know, whether it's a counselor, friends, mentors, whatever, like you want to talk through things because it's very good to like Brad and I have talked before. You got to kind of like pull the cork off, you know, and get some pressure Mm -hmm. out on the flip side. When you go through traumatic events like that, you got to be in the right space in mind with someone, because when you unleash, when you take that box out, pull the lid, pull the cork, whatever, that's a, that's a, it's a big effing deal to deal Mm -hmm. with. (laughs) You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? So, so I just was back to my mom's for uh, Christmas Mm -hmm. and we talked. So I I lost my sister to suicide too, just a couple years ago. And so we were talking about some stuff and she kind of broke down. She's like, if you ever want to talk about stuff with your dad, you know, what questions you have? And I'm like, well, through the years we've asked questions, but even now my dad died in 1977, which was how 400 years ago, (laughs) you know, and it's still like, if you, talk to me in the right space or my mom yeah it's it's this core thing and you you mentioned it that hole never goes away you know you can you can band-aid it you can put some time on it and help it out but man that sucker is there and it's never going to be gone and i also want to point out to people that's not that's not like a doom and gloom thing like you can you can you can say this thing will never go away and it's going to suck forever and it's going to be there and also be okay with it and move on and, and, and have joy with it. You know, I remember back times with my dad, like even it, which is the craziest thing. So to hear you at seven and 10, go through that and have memories, but limited memories of your dad. I have, you know, memories from my dad back when I was probably around two years old Mm. to five years old. Now there's not a ton of them, but the ones that I have are, close to us sitting here right now so yeah. they're they're deep you know i think it's just my brain of like mm-hmm. you have to lock on these memories mm-hmm. and keep them because they're so vital so it's it's just interesting that as we're, as we're talking I'm, my, my brain's going in a thousand <laughs> different directions not only yeah. just sort of reflection but also questions and stuff like that so well and i it, it there's something that i always will tell people because i have what well, we have that um experience is for the love of god Appreciate who you have while you have them. Right. And realize everything ends. Appreciate it. Tell them that you love them. Um, always, always, always um, just be honest about your feelings and where you're at with things. And because, again, I know it sounds cliche, but they're, they're cliches for a reason. Um, appreciate who you have. And, um, and I always will say, you know, like um, with your parents, your grandparents, anyone, um, Ask them questions. Talk to them. Mm-hmm. And that is actually something that I've done with my business. Uh, I've, I've called it Memento. I just put capital M-E, Memento, Memento. Uh, the imperative nature of, of, of uh, saving these things while you can because um, 
I don't, I'll never have questions answered on my mom's side and my dad's side, because there are certain people that are gone that I can't ask. Um, I have, um, cousins that I'll never know for various reasons for my family. I'll never know so many unanswered questions. And when it comes to anyone in your life, especially, you know, a generation or two above us, um, what, what, what I offer through my business is the opportunity to do photo slideshows of them mm-hmm. and, and don't wait to do it at their funeral, do it now. Right. And then more importantly is, uh, video interviews, um, because people will say, you know, ask questions, put it on a tape recorder, if anything, sure. and all those funny stories or those questions that you have good or bad stories, ask them while they can tell them. And preserve them because once it's gone, it's gone forever. Mm-hmm. And so, what I've done, even with my wife's uh, grandfather, was um, we did a video interview with him. And uh, he was in bad shape. Uh, he was sick. He, he had lost some of his mental acuity, but he was able to answer questions. His short-term mind was 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 not really there, but his long-term stories, yeah, we could get. So I got some great stories from her grand grandpa, but then he couldn't tell me how how many of kids he had yeah you know it was hit and miss on what he could do so if only we could have interviewed him before it got to that point right so that's why i'm so excited to have this new aspect of my business because i know how important that is and how meaningful it is and don't wait until they're 90 talk to your parents now interview them now do it on an annual basis uh have some sort of a project where you can um um you know, hold on to those memories and cherish them and share them and have that back and forth. I mean, podcasts or whatever the medium is, um, have that dialogue. And I think it's therapeutic for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's the most important thing. It's good. It's healthy. Right. It has that information that you'll, you'll want to keep forever and share with your kids and grandkids. And when you're gone. So I remember it's a very tough movie to watch, but with Michael Keaton and Nick, Nicole Kidman called my life. And I love that movie because I can relate to it so much. And Michael Keaton's character is dying of cancer. So he is recording videos, talking to his unborn son that will not be there when he's gone. Mm. And it's fantastic because he's able to do that. And they walk that very painful time where he's interviewing his parents and they have fights. And it's very powerful. My Life is a great movie if if you're... Uh, ready to, in, you know, <laughs> uh, experience it. Um, because Pete, you, Jerry and I can talk about losing a, a loved one, a parent, but you won't know until it hits right? and how it reacts. And then you realize that then try to mitigate the regret, yeah. have those conversations, record the interviews, tell them that you love them, try to repair bridges if they're burnt, whatever it might be. Um, I've lost a lot of people in my life and have had uh, a lot of regrets. And those are the things that you wish you could come back with because not to put a, it, it haunts you to some degree, mm-hmm. uh, the things that you can't control or wish you could do differently. Um, but at the same token, um, you know, it makes you appreciate those that you have in your life even more. And, and regarding survivors joining for hope, the article I wrote um, although I didn't have a v- super close person that took their life, um, like you'd both have, but I helped myriad people through it. And so to my own detriment, but also to bring me some, uh, feeling of purpose, 
so many people that are suicidal have talked to me mm-hmm. because they, I guess, felt comfortable with me that I listen. I truly listen. I truly care and wanted to be there for them. And so, um, I say it's, you know, something that maybe isn't the best for me cause I would maybe, um, suppress my own feelings in order to help others. And I think Jerry and I both have that in common, mm-hmm. uh, that we do more for others than ourselves. Um, again, uh, it's a benevolence that we both share. We just have to be careful and not let it take over our own lives by right. <laughs> helping others. But I think Laura even said that those that have a traumatic uh, instance in your life, especially when you're young, you it makes you someone that's much more giving and care uh, for others and help others because we don't want people to have to endure what we did. And, and that's such a great point, you know, and Brad brought it up before too, you know, I mean, just that whole thing of like, for him starting Survivors Joining for Hope is that outreach of personal help for in, you know, again, not to speak for you, but, you know, that's the way to go do that. And I, and I see that with people that have lost someone or gone through a traumatic event. It, it is a, I mean, not only does it shake you to your core, Um, but it does change your perspective on lots of things. And the vast majority of people that I know that have gone through something like that, whether it be, you know, a a rape, child abuse, Mm -hmm. losing sibling, parent, whatever it is, a spouse, typically their life takes a little different journey at that Mm -hmm. point. You know, at the end of the day, we all kind of, for the most part, you have to have a job, you have to do this, da, da, da. So our worlds might look very similar and sort of, you know, along the same path of everybody else, but that sort of behind closed doors, maybe what your hobbies are, what you, how you choose to impact yourself and your friends and your neighbors and the people you love is typically a little different. And, you know, the, the day I met Brad, the times that I, you know, the day that I met you or the times that we've talked, like there's this empathetic, Mm-hmm. like tone that's just sort of deeper. And, and there's many people that I've met that way where you, in you know, in, in 30 seconds, you can kind of figure out, okay, is this, here's my sports reference. Is this a, <laughs> Hey, are we talking about football and this sort mm-hmm. of cursory, or maybe it's business or maybe it's, you know, your kid's hockey game or whatever is everything sort of on the, the upper, you know, 2% of life. Or can we get deeper? And it doesn't mm-hmm. have to get super deep, but there's a lot of layers, you know, the onion layers, whatever you want to talk about. But like you two guys have definitely been people where I go, okay, that's the the energy, the 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 communication is different there. Yeah. And Laura's a lot the same way when we've talked to her. Like there's a different level that you can get to with people. So I try to surround myself with people that exactly. I can at least get a couple levels deep or deeper with because it's just it's way more meaningful. It, well, it is. And, and, uh, I, I know speaking for myself, I too often was too giving and it hurt me. Sure. I trusted or invested time in people that I never should have even invested a phone call. Sure. Let alone hours, days, weeks, years. Yeah. And those are also regrets, but you learn from it. You learn from it. Right. <laughs> and you're like, Oh my God, I'm not doing that again because right. holy, but, uh, and, and again, uh, I, I'm, I'm a rather large fan. I'm the president of the Laura Fan Club, my wife. Uh, she's given me so much perspective on stuff. Yeah. And she has a great radar where I'm like, so here's so-and-so. And she goes, nope, 
no, no, because she can see, and it's not that I'm blind to the behavior, it's the but Laura I'm more. Test. It's, a Laura, it's, it <laughs> test the Laura. It is the Laura test, and uh, and you find out like, oh, she's absolutely right because yeah. she is such a kindred, kind spirit that she's yeah. like, nope, that person has bad, bad things, bad mojo. Yeah, and so uh, I've had, and and and, and, and I one other thing. I know we're all over the board here, but when there are bad people in your life, um, cut them out. And don't have a second regret about it. Don't feel like, oh, but they need... Nope. Because they're the type of people that will drown you to save themselves. Mm-hmm. Sure. And I, and, I'm, and, and, and so I say that to dovetail into our conversation here is because when you don't have a father figure to teach you from those things, we have to sure. learn on our own. Sure. And so as a result, and I'm very happy about this. It served me very well. I'm much more in tune with women because being brought up by my mom and sister... Um, I'm much more able to uh, to talk with them and understand them and listen sure. and not your typical dude because I uh, and I think we have that. I think the three of us uh, gentlemen here, we have that feminine quality that I'm proud of because I mm-hmm. think it makes us stronger guys because we can relate better with the women in our lives. And it just makes us able to have these frank conversations. Laura and I always joke about. We don't do small talk. That's that's no. that's boring. <laughs> we don't because, do small, because we small don't. talk. I mean, it's just like we go right. We just gun it. You know, we're like we, we throw the G force on conversation yeah. because uh, we can and we enjoy yeah. having those in depth conversations. So that's why this is so great that you guys are doing this. It's because um, these sort of conversations are needed. Um, and to talk about these things, don't let them be pent up because mm-hmm. people that have those profound instances in their life can stunt their growth emotionally. Yeah. And so with me, I've always found that interesting because clearly that could have happened to me, but by the same token, I have to then rise above and become an adult. So I don't know what yin and yang takes over. uh, If I'm stunted or if I just am an old soul, I don't know what the, what the answer there is. Uh, I think that's more of a uh, psychiatrist point of view, but, but the point is, um, you know, Please appreciate who you have. Tell them you love them, hug them, whatever it is, and uh, and always take care of yourself uh, as well because um, that pain is just skin deep. And you, we can talk about stuff and rip that scab, and all of a sudden you're bleeding because yeah. you relive it, and it can happen for us so quickly. That was profound. I don't know if we even need a wrap up, do we? Like that was <laughs> no. I mean, I, <laughs> that was pretty good. I think we got one question for the both of you. That it's my initial question was going to be. Brad just woke up. Yeah, I, did. I just but welcome I, back, I, Brad. I, I was in the bathroom for a while. I appreciate you taking over while he I was, was gone. Yeah. PS Five. I was on my phone most of the time checking out Facebook. No, I'm just kidding. That's terrible. But I guess one question I initially thought of was, is you know, if you could go back and change things, would you? But I don't think that's a fair question. I think knowing kind of your guys' background, where you are today, you're both very well established. You're both, I mean, business professionals. You're fantastic friends. Uh, you're both giving. I guess so. Instead of asking, would you go back and change anything? I think my question would be is, you know, how do you think that changed you um, on those levels? I guess as far as being a business professional and a friend, I guess, you know, do you think that? if you would have continued to have them, would you be in a different place? Do you think where you are now? I mean, with Laura, I mean, obviously you're in a different place with your your career, your, your marriage and everything, Mm -hmm. but you know, how do you think that got you to where you are today? And same for you, you've, Mm -hmm. Jerry, you've owned a couple of businesses and you've had relationships, you know, how do you think that losing your father at such an early age impacted your development to this point and, and just kind of, 
because I, I, the first question I just don't think is fair. I don't think you can go back and ask if you would change anything because obviously you'd want your father back. I think is is yeah. Is, is, but but in the same token, that got you here to where you are today, and you're both very successful. So I'll, I'd be curious. I'll kind of start, and I'll try to keep mine a little bit short because I definitely want to get Rocky's perspective. But for me, like you know, that whole development of uh, you know that push pull, that yin and yang. Mm-hmm learning how to ask for what's important for myself without being a complete asshole is been a, been a struggle period, you know, because like not, not seeing that male, female interaction, mom, dad, how to do that, how does a relationship. And obviously you can have parental relationships that are way more traumatic than me not having a dad because you could learn some very bad things whether it's from the female perspective or the male perspective but mm-hmm. but you know I didn't get to see on a daily basis you know how to ask for what you need how to uh you know engage in a disagreement how to resolve conflict and stuff like that so I've struggled with that my entire life and I continue to grow all the time and I really feel you know, at 48 now I'm, I'm better at being able to say those things up front. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, not unlike Rocky, I've kind of been through relationships and kind of waited or not really waited, but like, you know, uh, on a different path now. And I'm proud of the fact of being able to sort of stand up, hopefully, like I said, without being an asshole, but like, these are things that I need in a relationship. And by the way, if I get those things, that brings out the best me. And if these deal breakers are there, oof, mm-hmm. this other dude comes out and like that guy needs to be locked in a closet because you don't want him out, you know? So that might sound very Hulk trivial smash. to me. <laughs> 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 exactly. That's episode with a Hulk reference. Yeah. I mean, we're like four deep. So. Yeah. So, you <laughs> no know, I mean, that, that's kind of my thing too is that, you know, that all sort of hits home of like, the, and, and whether it's mentorship, whether it's watching, you know, relationships invo- evolve, like I've had to, it's taken me time in life to learn that, mm-hmm. whether that's a, as a business professional, whether that's as a, you know, a husband, a father figure, a, a, a friend or whatever. But I've also, with some luxury of just the environment that we're in, I've really tried to fill myself with people and friends that have different backgrounds, mm-hmm. different influence because we have the population to do that. Mm-hmm. And I've also ejected people out of my life mm-hmm. as best as I can that I don't need to, well, one, I don't have a lot of time anyway, but I don't need to spend time on this bullshit because mm-hmm. it really sucks the energy out of me. Absolutely. And so, you know, if you're in, like one of the things that you talked about, Rocky was in this, uh, you know, living on Mars with rattlesnakes and winter. You also got winter in there, right? You know, it's a, it's a little bit like uh, Australia, Australia, but you got to throw winter it's, in there it's, too. It's Planet Hoth from Star Wars. Yeah. There you go. But you know, like in those cases, I could definitely see where if someone was from a smaller community, maybe maybe there's a handful of people there that can actually be your friends. And mm-hmm. if man, if you're locked into shitty relationships with those people, mm-hmm. you don't have the ability to get out of that. Now, fast forward to where we're at literally today, you know, what we're doing, podcasts. Well, okay, maybe it's not a two-way communication with someone, but someone listening to this going, Mm -hmm. ah, I've been in Rocky's shoes or I've been in Brad's shoes or I've been in Jerry's shoes. That lets a little cork pressure out just by assimilation. Like Mm -hmm. I can, I can, okay, those dudes are talking about stuff. I felt those same feelings. I now feel somewhat okay. 
completely different than having a buddy or, or a friend or whatever you can get with. But so anyway, I'm kind of rambling about different things, but being able to be an adult man and be raised by women and have that empathetic role toward women uh, that I've still had to develop and work on and will continue to, but I'm, I'm super happy about that. You know, I would go back and take my dad back in any second, mm-hmm. but you can't. Right. So you know what? Now I'm like, well, let me take all of those lessons and how can I continue to grow and learn? And also how can I, you know, spread the love if you want to put it that way. Right. <laughs> so, no, well, and I think with you then, my friend, is is you're very, very giving. You're in that role where you give I would venture to say too much of yourself. I'd agree. I would agree. You're, you're so philanthropic. Oh, in that man. Book. Is, this, is this? We're already running late on that yeah, show. Now, yeah. how are we? Lay down on the couch. Oh, Let's get this yeah. going. But I think right, uh, here you, you, you're, <laughs> I, I was, because of Laura, I was able to say, all right, enough. Um, I need to focus on me. And, and, and that's, that's not only necessary, but it's healthy and it's imperative. Yeah. Um, and to say, okay, I gotta, I gotta push, put some things on the back burner, if not eliminate them entirely. Yeah. And whether that's organizations or business components or projects, whatever the hell it is, yeah, you have to find the time to say, okay, uh, we only got one life on this little spinning blue ball yeah. and what are we going to make out of it? And you're never, how does that go? Uh, tomorrow gives you a chance to always you know, change your life or whatever. Every, sure. You have a chance every day. You have a chance to change your life. It's called tomorrow. Yeah. And uh, and so if you feel like okay, it's never too late to change. You're still here. Whatever it is, but it's it's you're absolutely right. Like I indicated earlier, um, if there's anyone in your life that's sucking the life out of you, varying degrees, get them out, people. Get them out. Yeah. And it's perfectly okay. Anyone that's been down this path, anyone that wants you to succeed, any of those gurus will tell you. It is okay. It is necessary. Self-preservation. That doesn't mean be a selfish asshole. It just means take care of you first. Yeah. And uh, it's like the George Carlin skit. I I can't, I won't go into the detail about it, but he talks about airplane travel. And when the air masks fall down from the plane, uh, don't put it on your child first, put it on you first, and then do the child. (laughs) And I think he's like, I might be, I think I might be too busy busy screaming in a death spiral to put the mask on poor Jimmy at all, or whatever it is, because it's like, you got to self-preserve and take care of yourself. But we, we are what we eat. We are who we surround ourselves with yeah. and uh and so that healthy stuff is very important um so again uh when you have to uh self-adult in some certain way or take care of those that you shouldn't have to at our age um you learn those tough ways as you go mm-hmm. and uh and so i've learned that you know what if people don't want to spend time with me okay that's fine i'm not going to take a personal uh, and if there's bad people in my life, I just, I don't have time for it. And I gave yeah. way, way too much of everything in my life to people that never, ever deserved it. And I regret sure. that, but now I can say, okay, I've learned. Yeah. And, um, and Laura made the good point too, that, uh, first of all, she can't believe I grew up out there. She just doesn't see it. It looks, it's just mm-hmm. the juxtaposition to her is I can't no, believe it's amazing. She, I've been there and it's, <laughs> it is like, Hoff, it's, it's, it's crazy. It's, um, but she made the good point that I could have turned into a little prick. Yeah. I could have been a complete rebel and just been a jerk and had that excuse of, well, I don't have a father and I didn't know any better or whatever. Yeah. But, uh, 
but I did know better because they instilled that in me and yeah. my mom needed me and I had responsibilities and some people cut and some people run, but some people stay and, and fight. And, yeah. and I'm proud to say that I've fought my entire life, yeah. uh, a lot of battles. And so, um, you know, uh, give yourself a pat on the back when you're like, I cut, when you make the right decision for yourself and those around you, that's important. Yeah. And take stock in that and pat yourself on the back and try to grow and learn from those moments. Cool. I like I it. I think that's good. It was very special. I think I appreciate you guys <laughs> kind of going down this road. I know it's not an easy topic to, to broach. You're both like big brothers to me. So it's interesting to learn a little bit more about each of you as well. So I want to thank both of you for, for kind of taking us on this journey a little bit here. So give your both, give both yourselves a pat on the back again, <laughs> with what Rocky said. So, and, and I know Laura said he's not a prick, but I mean, there are times where, I mean, Rocky, he, <laughs> he could be a little bit, but I'm just kidding. Rocky, sure well, you're a nice guy. I'm just kidding. But below the belt. So it is end. below the belt. I'm sorry. <laughs> an episode where I'm your, I see you guys as big brothers. So what am I going to do as a little brother? I'm pick on both of you. <laughs> so we turn the tables a little bit. So yeah, that's cool. Thank you for but, sharing Rocky. Yeah. Oh, we my appreciate pleasure. Yeah, appreciate you guys. being on. Thank you so much. So, um, call to action. I think go back to kind of what Rocky said. I and mean, you think, take care of yourself first, right? You know, put yourself first, self-preservation, cut those people out of your life that aren't healthy for you. And, and make sure you appreciate those around you and, and relate back to those family members that are in your life still and ask them questions and connect with them because I think that's really important. So great work there, guys. So appreciate it. Check us out, societyrewired.com. Our handles on all the social media platforms is at societyrewired. So uh, thank you, guys. Uh, don't forget, when the sun goes down, the stars come out, guys. So don't lose hope, all right? Thanks, everybody.